could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The noblest pleasure is the joy of understanding. That quote is from Leonardo da Vinci, and one more quote for you all before we get started today. Do not dwell in the past. Do not dream of the future. Concentrate the mind on the present moment. And that quote is from Buddha. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Today's edition of Express Yourself focuses on the following themes, the gift of understanding and the gift of the present. To kick things off in this first segment, we are pleased to be reading a chapter from our brand new anthology, which is titled Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world. This chapter is by Cynthia Bryan, the founder of Be The Star You Are and producer of our show. In addition to her work on the show, Cynthia has her own show called Star Style. She is also an enrichment coach, actress, and widely published author, writing books about empowerment and gardening, and also in her local newspaper. And without further ado, here is The Gift of the Present by Cynthia Bryan. I'm a planner. My mantra has always been, if I fail to plan, I plan to fail. I keep lists, calendars, agendas, and notes, all with the intention of assuring that I don't miss an appointment, double book myself, or arrive tardy for a meeting. My online reminders are followed up with a printed daily planner. One might infer that because I am meticulously organized and perpetually scheduled that I don't live in the moment, but nothing could be further from the truth. What I found over a lifetime of juggling school, career, family, friends, and other social engagements is that the more ordered I am, the better able I am to enjoy the present activity fully without worrying about what I may have missed or what looms in the great beyond. By being methodical, I am practical, always having a plan for the unplanned occurrences. The days leading up to a vacation are always stressful, as I attempt to make certain that my business, the charity, my clients, our home, garden, and animals will all be well cared for during my absence. There are always last-minute writing deadlines. I prefer to call them timelines, as deadlines includes the word dead. Uh, Bills to be paid, calls and emails to be returned, as well as streamlined packing, unpacking, and repacking duties. The first few hours, and sometimes a full 24 hours of our holiday, I'm guilty of living a mindset of busyness. After a couple of days, the rhythm of the now replaces my type A personality pattern, and I find myself relaxing to the bliss of wherever I am. Living in the present is glorious, freeing, and joyful. How often have you found yourself living for tomorrow? You say to yourself, I'll do this when I get a bigger apartment or house, I get married or find a long-term partner, I have children, I have a better job, I have more money, I have more time, the kids grow up, I'm not so tired. When I get a smaller apartment or house, I retire. If you wait for tomorrow to come come to find your happy place, you may just be waiting until you are six feet under. There is no tomorrow, there is only today. 
The time to enjoy your life is now, in this place, at this time, wherever, whenever, and with whomever. The present is a gift. Savor it. And now for an exercise that Cynthia included with the chapter titled, There's No Time Like Now. To focus on the present, take a few minutes to plan your moments. Decide to mark off a full day in your calendar just for you. Sleep in, get a massage, read a book, listen to music, walk in the woods, soak in a tub, or binge watch your favorite programs. Decide that you are the priority. To continue enjoying living in the moment, make sure that you are organized enough in your daily life so that important items don't fall through the cracks. But don't fall through the cracks. File. Don't pile. Set up your calendar reminders on your computer or smartphone. Double check your next day schedule nightly before you go to bed. Then awake each new day with the knowledge that you have the ability to be fully engaged in what's happening in the now. We have a choice. We can reflect on the past, plan for the future. We can only live in the current second. And another little quote that Cynthia has included as a little parting gift for everyone reading this chapter. The clock is running. Make the most of today. Time waits for no man or woman. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. That quote is from Alice Morris Morris Earl. Well, I thought that was a really great chapter. I think um, it definitely gave insight into something that I think a lot of us have in terms of how she name dropped that she has like a type A personality pattern. Uh, My psychology class actually just took a test on that a few weeks ago where we um, filled out this little questionnaire thing and ran through all like the numbers and everything and concluded whether all of us had like a type A or type B personality. And it um, ended up actually being that I think it was around three quarters of us had a type A personality. So I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to and that sometimes we do we do feel that we're a little stretched too thin and we have all these things running on, running around in our minds and then we can't necessarily always enjoy what's going on in the moment. And um, I think Cynthia illustrated that pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that kind of anxiety is pretty uh, relatable, whether that's you know, a good thing or a bad thing is probably mostly a bad thing. But yeah, um, there are a lot of things to do in life, right? And, you know, everyone has to organize all those things in a, a particular order to really get through each day. But then by doing that, you kind of don't get through each day and you don't really experience what happens every day. So yeah, there's just a really great value to just being able to sit back and just appreciate where you are, who you're with, Um, what you're doing just in the moment without having to worry about the past or the present. Also, um, since I'm not really experienced with this, what exactly is type B? I can kind of guess that type A is being more um, organized and, you know, meticulous. What specifically is type B? Yeah, so it was actually pretty funny because my psychology teacher, when he was like reading us the results and everything, he um, started off by saying type A and saying that, Okay, these guys are um, very motivated, but they'll also be stressed out. They'll be um, very self-critical and all that jazz. But then um, he went on for at least a solid 30 seconds, giving us all these little descriptors on type A. But then when he switched to type B, he said, um, my little packet only says one thing about type B. They're easygoing. And he said that that encompasses a lot of what these type B's um, personalities actually will be because everything really stems from that easygoing and really free-thinking and free-living spirit. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real person. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> constantly easygoing like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I guess being a large part of just being easygoing is being able to um, organize your day. Like Cynthia said, you know, being able to plan all those things allows her to be uh, more, I guess, calm in the moment. Um, 
yeah, I've always kind of been jealous of being able to uh, just relax and just not think about anything. Like, um, I am usually kind of pretty anxious and I just worry about what will happen in the future. That's not to say I make a lot of mistakes with my schedule and stuff and like <laughs> miss things constantly because I'm like a, a horribly organized person. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like I envy a lot of people who are able to just kind of sit back that easily. Um, but yeah, like I guess the reality is um, a pretty easy way to just get to that state of mind is being organized and being properly, uh, you know, being meticulous with your planning. Yeah, definitely. And I think also um, another thing in relation to that organizing idea is also like making room in everyone's busy schedule to have that time for themselves. So even if you're not necessarily traveling and want to enjoy a place like um, I went over in this chapter, if you just even on like your even on a daily basis, you do set aside that time for yourself to you know how somebody was saying you even just like binge watching your favorite TV shows. Um, it'll I think not only help you fully like understand the present and be able to take stock of everything around you. I think it's also really no coincidence that, you know, people who don't take that time for themselves are always busy, busy, go, go, go. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence then that these types of people then end up having higher rates of depression and other sorts of mental conditions. And I think it is really sort of a kind of like a little mini self-help routine to be able to take that time for yourself and take a step back from everything that's going on. Yeah, I think you see that a lot in like, those ultra successful stars um, who really need to just constantly be, um, you know, doing work constantly from one thing to the next. Uh, there tends to be a lot of, uh, you know, they don't really feel well. They don't think well a lot of times. Um, that seems kind of common. And I think it is just um, from that lack of being able to relax sometimes and just appreciating uh, the moment right there and then. Um yeah, I think that is just the key to be able to, like you said, just a key to self-care and, um, you know, uh, tending to your own body and mind. Definitely. And I think, um, I mean, it's interesting to know is just that another thing actually that my psychology teacher, it's funny, I keep bringing up psychology here, but I think it definitely um, works well within the context of this conversation. But my psychology teacher today was just talking about um, that sort of alone time concept. And he was like advising all of us to go to the movies alone or go to a restaurant alone, at least just once for like the experience of like being alone with our thoughts and removing all distractions, whether it's... um, whether it's like your phone or whether it's just talking to other people and just focus on what's in front of you. So that might be like a movie at the movie theater. It might be a meal at the restaurant or it might be a book or anything else you're focusing on and just kind of taking that one thing, whatever you're currently doing and only focusing on that one thing or seeing how that can help you then afterwards, like kind of be alone with your thoughts and help you maybe even understand yourself a little better. And so I think, um, that sort of that definitely kind of relates to this uh, conversation, and just that when we're talking about you know like the gift of understanding, and a lot of times when we think of like someone to be un- somebody being understanding, we think of like oh hey they're able to relate to other people more easily, and they're a good listener and that kind of stuff. But I think that also applies to not just other people; that applies to ourselves, whether they're um, being good listeners for themselves, whether they're being able to understand what they themselves are going through and going what's going on in their lives. I think that understanding can sort of apply to both circumstances there. Yeah, um, like you said, I think that is kind of a big reason why I love movies so much. 
you know, taking that time away from other people is a really nice thing if you have it every once in a while. Um, you know, being kind of, I guess, trapped alone with your thoughts is a kind of scary thing. But at the end of the day, it probably does make you a better person just being able to organize in your head, um, being able to, you know, recognize um, who you are and how you feel. Yeah, just taking that specific alone time and just uh, applying that to specifically, um, you know, what you want to do at that time, I think is, yeah, that really is just a nice thing to do every once in a while. And it really helps out. Uh, how, it really helps you get through each day um, better. Yeah, and I think um, just the example of just, you know, like watching the movie, especially since you're a pretty big movie fan yourself, um, I do think that is an interesting concept because, you know, when you're going to, like, the movies with friends, then you might not always be able to fully, like, comprehend what you're seeing. Like, for example, um, I remember going to see Incredibles 2 this, like, past summer with some of my friends, and there was this little, uh, like, animated short film before it that was a really poignant... um, sort of reflection on like motherhood and leaving the nest especially in like asian american culture and it was funny though because there was this like really one scene i won't spoil it for anyone but there's this really one scene that was um it was, it was very kind of startling in its context and in watching it in a crowd of th- crowded theater um with like my friends right there and all of us were laughing and everything it didn't necessarily have the same like emotional meaning to me as it did when i ended up re-watching that animated short film just actually a month or two back and so i think there is definitely something to be said about experiencing things alone mm-hmm. yeah sure uh the, i feel the exact same way you know it's not necessarily a bad thing as in like they're taking away from the movie or anything it's just that you know with you're with your friends and that's when you um kind of relate to them more and you give more of your time and attention to them. Um, when you're by yourself, yeah, you really can uh, be affected by those kinds of emotional moments a little better because you can just recognize how you feel um, and how you receive things um, just purely to yourself. Definitely. And um, unfortunately, it does look like we're out of time for this segment. But uh, listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy charity that brings you this program. Uh, Be The Star You Are actually desperately needs your donations to help us help those in distress in distress by providing books and other resources. We've actually launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund to help survivors of natural disasters and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund there with no additional fees. I'm Joven Hundle. And I'm Kenneth Chung. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Be sure to also pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, which is where this chapter was from, at cynthiabryant.com slash online dash store. Make sure to stick, stick around as we continue our show on the themes of understanding and the present. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Thank you. 
Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Empowerment. I'm Kenneth John on Express Yourself, and today's show is all about the gifts of understanding and the present. And I'm Jovan Hundle. For this segment, we'll be reading another chapter from one of Be the Story Wars' excellent anthologies. Uh, this chapter was actually written by our former Express Yourself host and reporter, Youngju Chu. Uh, Youngju is a nationally competitive archer from Pleasanton, California, who was a high school junior at the time she wrote the following chapter, which is entitled The Gift of Understanding. After five years of constant, diligent practice at the archery range and experience from attending state to international competitions, I finally hit a snag in my path. I had been gradually rising up the ranks, finally performing my best at competitions. However, despite my devotion and progress as a competitive archer, I suddenly fell into a slump during the beginning of my fifth year. Before then, I never truly understood how gifted individuals could all of a sudden not perform as well. How could individuals as skilled as Olympic athletes fall into this? Of course, I soon came to understand slumps in a more personal manner than I had ever expected. My rankings at competitions quickly flipped from the top 10 to the last 10. Although I was dismayed and confused, I persisted in my practices and worked even harder to overcome these obstacles. But eventually, poor results at competition after competition began to weigh down on me. As my scores grew worse and my desperation greater, I arrived at one of the last competitions of the year with hope. To my despair, this competition was no different from the others. However, I was introduced to a new assignment I had never learned before. After the first day of the competition, the archers were assigned to new targets in order of their current rankings. As I had shot poorly the previous day, I stood among the last few archers on the mile-long field. On the other side of the range were my successful peers, who had once deemed me fair competition. Upon realizing this, I couldn't resist feelings of disappointment and embarrassment. I had always imagined some sort of predetermined fate between archery and myself, as my first meeting with my coach had been a coincidental encounter during a thoughtless visit to the local range. One might expect that I wanted to hide so that no one would recognize me and spread rumors. This would be the natural conclusion for most people, even for those who were close to me. Instead, it was just the opposite. I wanted someone to recognize me, to question why I was at the end of this field, and to acknowledge me so that I could confirm that during the the past five years of competing, I had made some sort of impact or presence in the tense world of archery. Of course, I didn't expect anyone to know this. How could anyone guess that I wanted to be recognized? How could anyone predict my thoughts when they were based on experiences that only I knew of? With little expectation of comfort from the people around me, I turned my despair inward. Suddenly, a stranger, the mother of another archer, told me, 
I know you. You've been at other competitions. You're good. The first three words of this brief conversation shocked me and entirely changed the day, course of my day. In short, I was absolutely relieved that someone had recognized me. I gained confidence in myself and no longer felt the threat of emotional collapse. This encounter helped me recover from my slump. For a long while, I wondered how she knew my exact thoughts that day. Otherwise, how could she have said all the right words? Finally, after much contemplation, I realized that she hadn't read my mind or known my exact feelings. She had merely acknowledged me and offered a few words of support. As I had been insecure and desperate at the time, those words had seemed very personal and specific to me. Her experiences during the last five years as a mother would have been significantly different from mine as a teenage competitive archer. Despite this fact, she was able to alleviate my stress and lift a long-lasting weight from my heart. No experience is the same. We all have different backgrounds and identities. Every memory originates from somewhere different. A family death for one person is different for another. My memories of my childhood are mine, and mine alone. Thus, we can never completely understand another's exact thoughts and feelings. We can come close, but never reach absolute understanding. When we say, I understand, to a friend in despair or grief, we say it to provide comfort. For these reasons, reasons, understanding can be simplified to this, support. If there is one thing that we can truly understand about one another, it is the need for strength and fortification from each other. When people ask you to understand, they're simply asking for you to be there for them, be there for them, not telepathic abilities. As people, support is the best we can do and the only form of understanding that we can provide. The world is constantly changing, becoming more and more technological, more and more digitalized. For me, a few words made the whole difference. With today's technology, a few words can travel across the world within seconds. Even if your family or friends live on a different continent and you aren't beside them to see what they're seeing and feel, feel what they're feeling, you can show them that you understand. You have the ability to support them through a simple message via a social network, through uh, an encouraging voice across the phone, and through a smile during video calls. With current technological advancements, communication is endless, improving our understanding of one another and the world. So now for the exercise titled Understanding in Your Life. Call a friend or family member who has been stressed or dispirited lately. Let them talk to you about the recent problems. Tell them that you will always be there for the always be there for support and that you understand. Or if you have been stressed recently, talk to someone about your problems. Ask for their support and understanding. True understanding exists in the form of acceptance and support. Just a few words can make all the difference. And now for the concluding quote for Katie's chapter. Understanding is a first step to acceptance, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. And that's from J.K. Rowling. So yeah, that chapter, she talked about, you know, knowing the perfect words uh, of another person. Uh, I mean, knowing the perfect thoughts of another person. I think this chapter is kind of the same way for me. You know, um, it's really just, uh, she really nails, uh, I guess, how you feel when you're simply complimented or there are just a couple words that come your way. Uh, from some random person, some stranger that you really don't interact with all that much and how they can actually just make your day and uh, really uh, give you that boost of confidence, give you that, um, I guess, boost of joy that really can um, inspire you to do something uh, and overcome a challenge. Yeah, and I think um, something else that was particularly striking to me from this chapter was the fact that um, when she talked about the mom who said those words to her, talked about um, how, you know, this mom didn't know her or anything, and this mom definitely didn't have any knowledge about how her words was going to affect Youngju. So I think it was um, really interesting how, you know, even just like this compliment in passing, 
it wasn't necessarily intended for it to have the effect that it did. Who knows about that? But what it did end up doing is that it had that effect. And so I think that's another little um, interesting little, I guess, call to action that was included within this chapter in that we should always try and be understanding to each other because we never know how great of an effect it's going to have on that person. And then sort of going off that whole um, little line of thought, I think another thing that was interesting to me from this chapter was how she mentioned that she thinks that understanding doesn't necessarily have to be in the way that we sometimes think of it. It can simply just be boiled down sometimes to support. And so I think that was a really great way of looking at it just because she's right in that, you know, we might not always be able to understand what somebody's going through at a specific time, but we can still always be there for them. And in a way that's even as effective as being able to, I guess, fully comprehend what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And she talks about, you know, like nonverbal smiles and stuff, literally just like being there, um, maybe even through like video calls or um, um, just things like that in modern technology. Um, Just letting the other person know that you're there and that they won't like die if they make a mistake or anything. Just that little piece of knowledge can really like help someone um, achieve something or just uh yeah make it through their life most definitely yeah and um you know i also think uh something else that was interesting is just how universal i guess the message from this chapter uh, seems because you know i doubt a lot of us have ever done like archery before for instance or at least do it on the level that young Ju did but i think um this sort of message applies to a ton of different people. You know, just the message of being in a slump not only applies to athletes, but also anybody who sort of fell down on particular days. You know, everyone has good days and bad days. And I think this is definitely a testament to how we can, I guess, feel better through the help of other people on those bad days. Yeah, um, you really nailed it. Like, um, just like little words, little things that come out every day. Like, while reading this, I had like flashbacks to... um, you know, I'm getting back maybe like essays or stories that I wrote and for school, and there were just tiny comments that the teacher would make or something like that. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. oh, I like this part, and just knowing how much effort you put into that one single part, it doesn't even have to be like some giant extravagant comment. It just could be like two words, like nice work or something. And uh, yeah, I was just like, it felt great to just know that someone acknowledged uh, what I had done. And, you know, acknowledged all my effort that had gone into that piece of work. Definitely. And um, a little interesting thing that this reminds me of is, so when I was filling out college apps this past, I guess, two, three months, um, two of the colleges I applied to actually required that I, well, didn't require, but strongly, strongly suggested, which I guess basically means required, um, that I actually send them an example of a graded paper that I turned into one of my teachers at school. And hopefully has like a has like the comments on it, and sort of basically just supposed to act as like an example of my work. The actual grade on it like didn't necessarily matter, but they just wanted to kind of see an example of my work that I would do on like a daily basis in school. And so anyway, I chose this chapter, or not chapter. Um, I chose this essay that I wrote in my junior year, um, that was in my English class, and it was sort of an example essay where we uh, practice this essay question that was going to end up coming up on the AP exam. But basically, we wrote this um, little essay. It was more of like a rhetorical analysis essay in response to 
a, I believe it was actually a speech by JFK, and so we were supposed to analyze it, look for different rhetorical and some tactical devices and styles, and then write this essay about how the author, well, in this case, JFK, the speech giver, um, used these rhetorical strategies to help develop his point. And so anyway, when we were, when I was looking through this right now, just like a couple of weeks ago to send to these colleges, then it was really interesting just to see those like comments that like my teacher left on my um, essay, just because, you know, I had just gotten off of writing. It was like around 40 different essays for my college apps that no one really helped me on as much as like these essays and nobody gave me feedback on in the way that I had gotten feedback on this particular essay that I was sending in from the past year. And so it was just interesting to see how like my whole mindset about writing these essays and then subsequently revising and reading over these essays sort of differed when I had the comments of somebody else on them. Yeah, like, like I said, um, in my experience, like, yeah, those comments didn't even have to be like really descriptive or really all that informative at the end of the day. They just had to be, you know, kind of acknowledge that they see what you did and um, that you were trying, that like your work had gone into it. And just knowing that somebody else knew that was just like, it made me feel a lot better. Even if I didn't get a good grade, even if like things didn't work out, just, yeah, just the thought of that, just the thought that the teacher knew like the work I had put into it. It was a really nice feeling that just um, kept me confident and just, I guess, kept me motivated. And yeah, that, you know, that's the essay thing is kind of a specific example. You know, just like little compliments throughout the day. Um, I know like <laughs> my one, my friend, uh, constantly talks about one time like when his shoes got complimented and you could just tell by the way he like describes it uh it was by some random stranger you could tell by the way he describes it that like it really made him feel good and it was just some random guy just telling them that his shoes look nice yeah and just like little words like that can really um express understanding and just like acknowledge other people and really give them some a nice sense of confidence yeah i completely agree um, unfortunately, we do have to end this segment at this time, but I do definitely want to thank Youngju and all the excellent BTSYA contributors that have um, participated in our anthologies over the years. Uh, make sure to pick up a copy of our anthologies listeners at CynthiaBryan.com slash online store with a hyphen in between online store. Uh, also pick it up at Amazon or other book retailers and make sure to keep listening to our show. I'm Joven Hundle. And I'm Kenneth John. Listeners, stay tuned as we'll be continuing our show on understanding and the present. Make sure to also pick up a copy of our book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Visit www.bethestarur.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be the Star You Are. Make sure to keep listening as our show on understanding and the present continues. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be 
the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Jovan Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. This edition of Express Yourself is all about the gift of understanding and the gift of the present. So for our third segment today, Jovan and I will be talking about today's theme in many versions of our respective segments, World Watch and 2020 Vision. And with that, let's start off with Jovan's new ed- newest edition of World Watch. Take it away. Thanks, Kenneth. Um, I'm happy to be bringing World Watch back today, especially for such interesting themes here. Uh, the theme in particular that piqued my interest was the gift of the present, and that I do think it's important to sometimes take that perspective when looking at our world today. There are many, many things that we need to plan right now in anticipation of the future. There's also a myriad of challenges we have to address head on if we do end up wanting to leave a better world for future generations, and there's definitely still an absurd amount of demoralizing injustice across the globe, ranging from institutional racism, institutional racism and sexism and nativism and bigotry to disturbing income inequality between the rich and the poor, and of course, impoverished communities, both here in the U.S. and abroad, that have ballooning rates of starvation and even don't have access to clean drinking water. However, with all that said, and believe me, there's a lot to say about all that and more, Um, By many metrics, our world is thriving right now. There are so many positive things happening all over right now that I believe do bear mention and also provide an uplifting template for further change. And so, for example, um, I wanted to talk about some trends in our political system. So following the 2018 midterm elections uh, here in the U.S., our elected officials have never before constituted such a diverse group. There's a record number, for example, of women in the House of Representatives. I believe it's a little bit over 100 right now, which obviously doesn't seem too much in the grand scheme of things, seeing as there's 435 members of the House of Representatives in total. But it's definitely the highest that has ever been recorded in the House of Representatives. And with tons more women looking to politics and public service as a career that they want to follow, then that number is surely going to increase in the years to come. Um, In addition to the House of Representatives, there's the, in just if we look at governor's races all across the country, there have been some in particular that I think bear mentioned. For example, there was in Colorado, we elected Jared Polis, who's the first openly gay governor um, elected in the entire country. There was in New Mexico, actually, a Latina woman 
followed as governor a Latino woman. So two Latino women governors in a row is something that, again, has never been done before in the history of America. And I think New Mexico is definitely a leader in that sort of type of diversity, seen as also elected from New Mexico, was... um, was one of two new Native American women elected to Congress, both of them the first of their um, first of their generation to be elected to Congress. In addition, there were two Muslim American women elected to Congress, the first two ever. And it's funny just seeing as how in both these cases, there were none elected before this year. And now not only was there one elected, there was multiple elected. Um, in addition to governor's races and house races, in the Senate, which has traditionally been a far more exclusive group than the House of Representatives, just because of it having only 100 um, members total and not 435 like the House, we're also seeing increasing numbers of diversity. There are three African-American members. There's Kamala Harris of California, Tim Scott of South Carolina, and Cory Booker of New Jersey. Um, in terms of Latino members, there's Ted Cruz of Texas, Marco Rubio of um, Florida, there's Bob Menendez of New Jersey, and also actually Catherine Cortez Mosto of Nevada, who's actually heading now the Democratic, the Senate Democrats con- campaign committee. So she's going to be in charge of helping Democrats get more elect, get elected more to the Senate in 2020, which is significant as I think as she's the first woman to be in such a high leadership position in the Senate in United States history. Um, in addition to Asian, I'm sorry, in addition to Latino and African American senators, there's also a record number of Asian American senators. There's three of them. Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, who was actually not even born in the United States. She's also one, she's um, a marker in that regard. In addition to Maisie Hirono, there's Kamala Harris of California, who's half Jamaican and half, um, half Jamaican and half Indian. In addition to Kamal Harris and Maisie Hirono, there's Tammy Duckworth of Illinois, who's actually a renowned combat pilot. She actually lost both of her legs in the service of her country and even sometimes now travels in a wheelchair, other times using the prosthetic leg she has. And so I think this new generation of diverse politicians represents not only the senior generation of politicians, but a new emerging generation of leaders. We're seeing a record number of diverse uh, presidential contenders even after 2016 saw the first woman elected as a nominee for a major political party now if we look at the democratic party's primaries there's i believe it's about five women who have already announced kirsten Gillibrand in new york kamala harris california um elizabeth warren in massachusetts tulsi gabbard of hawaii and more women are definitely potential runner potential candidates as well that have just have not announced yet since we're a little far out still. But I think, yes, so we're seeing this trend now in politics that I think is something really great just because when we see young kids now looking at our presidents and our political leaders, our senators, our congressmen, everybody, they're going to see more and more people that I guess kind of look like them. As our demographics in the United States continue to become more and more diverse, it's only fitting that our leaders should also become more and more diverse. And so another topic that I wanted to um, talk about for this segment was just about conservation efforts all across the world. You know, there are, there is the IUCN compiles a list of, there's hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of species that are endangered. But I think two species that were formerly endangered and have now been taken off the list provide a very good model of how we can use, um, how we can take 
species that are endangered and have conservation efforts that, of course, result in them actually being taken off that endangered list. For example, the panda bear, the giant panda in China and the bald eagle here in the United States are the two that I believe provide like the best sort of model. So both of these animals are unique in that they provide sort of the national symbols of their respective countries. But I think there's definitely still some lessons to be learned from this in that because they were the national symbols of their countries, awareness was definitely increased among the citizen populace. And then it was able to get people all over the world involved to help save these like national symbols that meant so much to their country and homeland. So for example, um, with the panda bear, the, with the Chinese diaspora all across the United States, all across the entire world, they were able to increase awareness of their national symbol back home being endangered. And they've been able to provide, um, you know, whether it's funding, whether it's more increasing awareness, whether it's even the, I guess they call it panda diplomacy, where um, zoos all across the world are like given pandas to increase awareness and help increase genetic diversity where they're bred in different places. There's actually four different zoos here in the United States that have these pandas. Um, and also another thing that, another species, the bald eagle, is one that I think displays an even better example, just because the bald eagle, which was in, critically endangered a couple decades ago, is now completely off the list altogether. It's not even listed as vulnerable. And so it population is now in the thousands. It's steadily recovering in a lot of different ones of our national parks. And a big reason for that is that it was used, it was as a sort of like rallying cry for people all across the country that we need to save the bald eagles one of our national symbols, all that jazz. And it was able to do so because of a robust um, conservation efforts enabled by the Endangered Species Act. And I think that this is something that we can sort of um, extend to animals that aren't even necessarily just national symbols. We can do something for other different animals just by using that model of increasing awareness. And so, yeah, I thought that it would just be interesting to talk about um, different examples of little things around our world that are still getting better, even as we face this constant barrage of news attacks and everything else providing this, I guess, sort of pessimistic outlook on life now in the 21st century. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. You know, like, yeah, the news right now is kind of, pretty negative you know all these environmental disasters um like set for the future uh you know government drama that's constantly happening happening every day <laughs> yeah it's it's really nice to bring up just like there are a lot of good things that are happening right now you know like activism and thing uh activism is being effective in like bringing progress like you mentioned there are a lot more um there's a lot more representation in government you know i think countries like japan are finally legalizing gay marriage things like that their efforts in conservation. Um, yeah, uh, that was a really nice segment. Um, thank you for sharing with us uh, in World Watch today. So uh, because we've gone to that time, I'm going to begin uh, 2020 vision now uh, as, yeah, my mini version of 2020 vision. So for 2020 vision this week, I wanted to do a little dive into the Audrey Hepburn classic uh, from 1961, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I really couldn't think of many other films that enveloped the themes of the present and understanding as interestingly as it does. A brief overview, Breakfast at Tiffany's is about a fluttery, imaginative actress named Holly and a quiet, meek writer uh, named Paul living as friends and neighbors uh, in a New York City apartment building. While the movie is quite upbeat and romantic, it becomes more and more evident as the story progresses that both characters possess a dark emptiness at their core. The film teaches its audience to appreciate the feelings we have in the moment and the value of having someone that truly understands us. 
But I think this movie is more relevant to us than just what the film says directly. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's has become one of the most iconic films of all time, but its presence has almost transcended the physical movie, if that makes sense. Uh, like I said, there is this transcendent charm to the film. It has that dreamlike spirit of a lot of 50s and 60s movies, supported a lot by its famous visual cues of Audrey Hepburn's hair, uh, the jewelry, the clothes, and the sets. During my watch, it really did feel like a theater had just darkened around me, even though I was just sitting in my bed, and I was in this warm little shell for two hours. And you can really just recognize how things, how nice things seemed in the moment. Uh, that quality is what I think has made it so memorable. But on the other hand, looking back from the present, we see that the film is quite outdated, as it is from 1961. Beyond the special effects, there are some outdated social aspects of the movie that are now often brought up and criticized by today's audiences. Mainly, this film contains one of the most famous examples of Asian racial stereotyping, with actor Mickey Rooney in heavy slant eye makeup speaking through a comically thick Asian accent. There are also some sexist implications behind the film's portrayal of its characters and possibly the tone and message of the uh, whole story, depending on how you look at it. On top of that, there was a heap of negativity surrounding production. Author of the base novel Truman Capote was not happy with the lead casting, the male lead wasn't particularly content, and there was a general aura of confusion. And despite these problems, this film is still regarded as a beloved classic. And I honestly understand why, and I say that as an Asian person. I like this movie, even though I'm fully aware of how problematic it is. Now, I'm not saying that racism or sexism should be tolerated in media, since you know we as a society should have outgrown those emotions by now. But with this film, to me, there's a unique charm that overtakes any suspicions or doubts of mean-spiritedness. This is why I think this film is so interesting in combination with the themes of the present and understanding. Despite its production problems, despite its you know very blatant ignorance, it's able to put you in that old-fashioned cinematic romantic atmosphere um, just through its, like I said, presence. It really embodies the ideas of just being in the moment and having a nice, honest connection to the story and its characters. Definitely, and I think that um, it's definitely a really interesting perspective from you, and I think that you're definitely right in seeing as how that movie sort of spoke to both of our themes for today. I personally um, have not actually had a chance to see the film myself, but I think your description really goes over how it sort of allows us to invoke that spirit of understanding, whether it's somebody being able to understand us, whether it's us able to understand somebody else, or whether it's us just being able to sort of understand what we're going through ourselves. And I think it also sort of ties into the present. And I think that's another reason why I think our themes for today, the gift of the present, the gift of understanding, work so well together. Just because if you are focusing on understanding, no matter who it is or what it is you're understanding, uh, you are inherently focusing on the present. And that sort of spirit is sort of, I guess, like a positive feedback loop in, loop in that regard, in that it keeps us sort of tethered to what's going on right now and what we can do about that. Yeah, uh, that's why I thought it was really interesting. It's kind of like this meta project um, where, yes, in the story, it is uh, very focused on those themes of understanding in the present. Um, but, you know, as an audience member just watching the movie, you can also kind of, uh, I guess, absorb those themes just by what you're doing. So, yeah, I thought that was just a very interesting thing to comment on. 
Absolutely, and I'll definitely uh, put that movie on my list for the future. Um, so yeah, Kenneth, I want to thank you for participating me in this very special segment. I think it was a great way to bring up insights from both of our various segments in an abridged sort of format. Uh, audience, make sure to stick around for more from today's show on the gift of understanding and the gift of the present. And I'm Kenneth Jun. Find more information about our show at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Make sure to follow Be The Star You Are and express yourself at www.bethestaryouare.org to support our show and find more information about our literacy and positive media charity that has been named the top-rated nonprofit for years now. Also on bethestaryouare.org, check out our events tab to see all upcoming events. Additionally, check out cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store to purchase a copy of our brand new anthology. Make sure to stick around as we'll be right back. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. My name is Kenneth Jun, and you're listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Each week here on Express Yourself, we base our program on a different theme that we think is important to talk about. Today, our show is all about the gifts of understanding and the present. For our fourth and final segment today, Kenneth and I will be having a mini-discussion on the themes of understanding and the present. We'll be talking about our own experiences with recognizing and exemplifying these themes in our lives, and also any other insights that we feel is relevant to the themes. So starting off with just the gift of the present, I think it is really um, topical to talk about this for, you know, teens particularly, just in that these are years, you know, that we're never going to get back. So I think it's definitely important that we treat them as such. So I believe the years that you're a teenager, and obviously that extends to the years that you're a kid as well, these are years that are extremely different from the rest of your life. You know, after this age, we're always going to be on the, I guess, kind of work grind. Maybe it could be that nine-to-five nine job. Maybe some of us won't have those sort of office jobs. But it's all, it still remains the same that we will be having a radical shift in our lives once we sort of leave this sort of phase of our lives. And I think that 
you know, we need to take advantage of the fact that these, uh, in our teen years, we're never going to have a time like this again. And especially uh, for myself as a senior right now, it's really a little disheartening just that I'm rarely going to see some of my childhood friends again after the next couple of months. And so I think a lot of us are trying to take advantage of these as much as we can, spend as much time with each other as possible, do the things together that we've always wanted to do. And I think that's a model that should be generalized to, you know, all sorts of teens across the entire spectrum. Yeah, and as a junior myself, I'm just about to enter, you know, those early stages of that application process. Uh, yeah, uh, I think, you know, the pressures of, you know, the future college careers, uh, you know, financial stability, finding a job, uh, and finding relationships and the people you want to be with, uh, those are real uh, pressures and, like, you know, you will run into problems with them, but there's a lot of time later on that you can spend to deal with it. I think a lot of teens now are really set on trying to stabilize everything right now so they don't have to worry about it later. And they're just like, there's a tendency to overwork yourself, just trying to get everything organized um, while you're this young and while you're this uh, pretty free as you're kind of supported by your parents and you have a lot of friends surrounding you. So yeah, there is an importance just recognizing that um, this time is not going to last forever and you should just appreciate it. Exactly, yeah. And I think um, you brought up interesting points about, you know, kind of planning and preparing for the future, which obviously, you know, is a good thing in that we do want to make sure that we work towards the best future possible. But when that sort of consumes our lives right now and when we're not focused on the present at all, when we are just looking towards what's forward and not looking towards what's forward and not looking at what's in front of us right now at this very second, then I think it actually does us a disservice even in the future and just in that, you know, we're going to be regretful. And when you have those sorts of regrets, then it makes it hard to sort of keep doing what you are doing at that point in your life. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just by appreciating right now, you know, I don't like, we don't mean like walking around and like skipping through the street and like smelling roses. <laughs> you don't really have to do that. But, you know, just uh, working um, like 20 hours a day doesn't guarantee you a job. And you can still get a job in the future uh, just by doing what you love and just by um, doing activities that you like to do right now. So there's no real reason to overwork yourself to the point where you're just constantly on edge and um, constantly worrying about the future when there's really no legitimate reason to do that. Definitely. And I think um, also just in terms of like from a physical and mental health perspective with our like brain still developing and our prefrontal cortex not even being fully developed till our mid-20s and all these other sorts of things that make us as teens physically different from older people, then I think like it's also when you talk about, you know, for example, working those long hours at night and stretching ourselves super thin, then again, it, it's something that does us a disservice later on, just in the fact that when we had the chance to prepare for our future in a sort of slightly different way, we sort of made the wrong choices then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yes, I think we are running a little bit out of time there, but, you know, that was a great little mini discussion we were able to squeeze in there at the end. Um, I do want to thank you, Kenneth, for such an excellent segment here, as well as being with me here today for such an interesting show on the gifts of understanding and the gifts of the present. We had those great two chapters that we read in the first seg first two segments that provided us um, different looks, but also sort of analogous looks at understanding in the present. And also, of course, our little segments in segment three that I think were very insightful. 
Yeah. Um, thank you to you. Uh, I guess we're kind of running out of time now, but yeah, that really just was a great discussion. I think we talked about a lot of uh, nice things that are really relevant to us uh, right now as teens. Uh, we give our thanks to Star Stop Productions, uh, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, uh, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world and our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kenneth Jun. And I'm Jovan Handel. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an honor global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, take time to understand one another and allow yourself to live in the moment. Be understanding, be present, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself